And this morning, I'd like to title my sermon as Step Out. It's easy. Can you say step out? Step out. Can you say that again? Once again, louder. Step out, right? Yeah, good. So step out. That's what God is telling us this morning. So last week, we talked about loving God. If you remember last week's sermon, loving God, doing everything out of love to Christ. And we took somebody as an example. Do you remember? Peter. So we talked about Peter and we took him as an example and we found Jesus telling Peter, if you really love me, if you truly love me, only then you feed my lambs. The early believers, those who are born in Christ, the babies. And Jesus also told him, you tend my sheep, you watch and you care and you, you encourage, you minister to and you serve to my sheep. And Jesus also said, feed my sheep. Feeding is giving nourishment, spiritual nourishment, serving, and lead them, and guide them, feed my sheep. Sheep refers to a matured believer, as the believers are maturing, growing in Christ, knowing more about God, and trying to do something for God. And you know what, before we even care for the sheep, you know, some of those sheep, they are they're physically mature, but then, you know, spiritually, they're not matured. They are somewhere they lost in the world. Their lives are, you know, gone. Their lives are lost in the world. And if you remember, Jesus spoke about a parable, a parable of the lost sheep. It was a matured you know, animal, but then it was lost. But Jesus went behind that sheep and he brought that sheep, the, the shepherd. In the same way, you know, we need to take care of the sheep, but we also need to take care of those who are lost in the world. So if we love Christ, we need to seek those sheep that are lost in the world, the one out of hundred. And once we get those sheep, we need to care for the sheep. Like once we were in the world, we, once we were not doing anything with God. We were just against God. But then one fine morning, God decided to do something in our lives. We started following God. We started loving God. And we started doing things for God. And when then, you know, Jesus, you know, was helping us to grow. He put us in a church set up like this. And we were spiritually fed. And spiritually we were taught. And we were spiritually growing. And when you think about the church today, this is what I just want to draw your attention this morning. If you think about the church today, the church really fails to reaching those who are lost in the world. And last week we talked about loving God, loving Christ. And we want to do things, you know, because we love God, because we love Christ. And God is telling us this morning, we all need to step out. Yes? We all need to step out. You know, we are very comfortable sitting here. We are very comfortable. We become very comfortable at times, cozy. And we want to step out from our situation 
so that God can do something through our lives. So Jesus is calling us to step out of the boat. Do you remember Peter? You know, Peter was, you know, trying to, the moment he saw Jesus, Jesus told, you walk, you come out of the boat. And Peter stepped out of the boat. Peter was ready there. And Jesus told, Peter, come. And Peter stepped out of the boat. And he started walking towards Jesus. In fact, he walked on the water. He walked on the water. Bill Bright, the founder of Campus Crusade for Christ, he said, millions of surveys which we have helped to take around the world indicate that approximately 98% of the Christians do not regularly introduce others to Christ. What percentage? 98% of Christians don't even talk about Christ outside. You know what I'm talking about this morning, right? You know what I'm talking about. We don't talk about Christ outside. Do we talk about Christ in our workplace? No. I mean, that's the truth, right? Because he says 98 percentage. So it's a good percentage. Majority of the Christians, they don't talk about Christ to outside. So we are living in a days when the church has lost its passion to share about Christ to somebody outside. You know, at times we say excuses. It's only enough if we sit here and pray. God will bring people into the church. We need to pray. We need to just only pray. God will bring people in the right time. We don't need to worry about that. And only if God brings people, they are going to be according to the will of God. We don't want everybody. We don't want every junk. You know, God doesn't make junk, right, by the way? We don't want every, everybody coming into the presence of God. We don't want everybody. We want only selected people so the church can grow. If you bring everybody, this place is going to be a mess. And we don't want that mess here. We want to worship God in the calmness, in the quietness, in silence. Talking about today's church. Talking about today's church. And all these are excuses of not doing our job. What God wants us to do. The moment we stop telling Christ to others, moment we stop witnessing Christ, moment we fail to invite the unchurched into the presence of God, we fail in our responsibility. You remember the great commission that Jesus gave us? The great commandment that Jesus gave us to love him. And the great commission to go and preach. To go and tell Christ. So we fail there. We fail there. Paul says, listen to this scripture, very beautiful scripture. Reading it from English Standard Version. Paul says, we are called to serve people for Jesus' sake. We are called to serve Jesus. Sorry, serve people for Jesus' sake. Shall we have the, can we have the scripture on the screen? 2 Corinthians chapter 4 verse 5. Listen to this. For what we proclaim is not ourselves. We don't preach about ourselves. But Jesus Christ as Lord, 
with ourselves as your servants for Jesus sake do you understand the scripture simple scripture for we proclaim for what we proclaim is not ourselves but Jesus Christ as Lord we proclaim Jesus Christ as Lord with ourselves as your servant Paul is writing ourselves as your servants that means today we look at the world you know we are here to proclaim Christ but we are here to serve you we are here to serve you you know serving God it simply means serving people and God has not called us to serve within ourselves God has called us to serve people from outside and as I was thinking about Lord where we are going wrong as a church why do we stop telling people about Christ what can we do about this why we are not inviting people into the presence of God you know many times we listen to this many times we only pray for them but we rarely go and tell them about Christ and invite them to church many times we pray for them but we rarely very rarely we go and invite somebody you know one thing it is true which we can never deny we are blessed as we worship God do you say that do you agree we are blessed we have doubt in that yes are we blessed by worshiping God yes so when we are blessed obviously we need to tell that to somebody else so that somebody else can be blessed someone else can be you know God reminded about different types of people that we see in this world today you know that's where I'm going quickly Jesus came across such people group in this world in his ministry and today we see such people group when we turn around you know this will help us how can we approach somebody how can we share the love of Christ to someone you know, sometimes we say, I don't feel like sharing anybody. You know, when the love of God comes, overflows in my life, then I will go and share Christ to somebody. When that's going to overflow in our lives? It has to happen now. If it doesn't happen today, it's not going to happen tomorrow. And this morning, I believe, you know, God has a burden for souls. Yesterday night, we were praying here. You know, God has a heart for souls, people who are outside this morning we are talking about different types of people that we deal with number one people type of people we call them as seekers people who are looking for hope and an answer for the problems they go through in their lives amen can you say that with me what is number one seekers can you say be can you say that a little more louder seekers number one group you remember Jairus a ruler of the synagogue he came running to Jesus. Why he came to Jesus? He came and told my daughter is about to die. We read that in Mark chapter 5 verse 22. And behold, one of the rulers of the synagogue came, Jairus by name. And when he saw him, he fell at his feet and begged him earnestly, saying, My little daughter is dying, lies at the point of death. Come and lay your hands on her that she may be healed and she will lie. You know, when people will come running to Jesus, when they are about to die good good answer when they're about to die they'll seek God can anyone help can anyone help if you are a real God can you help me my daughter is dying you know that's how Jairus came running to Jesus you know seekers we are talking about see there are people around they're seeking God there are people around they're trying to get out of their situation 
They're trying to find out where can I get help. And they are there in your workplace. They are there in your school. You can listen to me. You can read your Bible later when you go home. Right? Listen to me. Look at me now. There are people outside. They are looking for an answer. Have you come across any such people in your workplace? No? Everybody is good? Yes? Everybody? Sorry? They seem to be good. We all seem to be good. Nobody knows what we are going through. But they are all going through something. Not something, many things. Just take a moment and talk to them. You will know how much they go through. Seekers. They forget about the religious boundary. They want an answer. They want an answer. They need help. Jairus, he forgot that he is a religious leader. He came running to Jesus and falling at his feet and begging at him. Number one group of people, seekers. How do we reach them? That's the idea. How do we tell them the gospel this morning? Listen to me. Listen to me. Can you all stand up for a moment? Can you all stand up for a moment? We are at the church. Listen to me now. Okay. You can keep standing for some more time. Right? So how do we reach people like seekers? Like Jairus. Zacchaeus, who was where he was climbing, he was on the tree. Remember that? And trying to seek Christ, who Jesus is. And how do we reach such people? You know, such people will come running to you. If they know that you have Christ in you. So in workplaces, when they know that you go to church every Sunday morning, they have a doubt why he or she goes to church every Sunday morning. What's going on there? There is something going on there. Can I come and tell my burden to her? Please be seated. Can I come and tell my burden to her? You know, they are driven to God because of their situation. Their situation doesn't allow them to come to God. Sorry, their situation is driving them to come to God. Because something is not going well in their lives. They'll come to you. Seekers. Introduce them to Christ. As a problem solver in their life. You know, it's easy when you understand this, practice this, it's very easy. There are people in your workplace, they need to get out of the situation. They need help. They'll come to you. Introduce them to Christ. Seekers, number one. Number two, indifferent people. Can you say indifferent? People who are not doing anything to seek God. So majority of the people today in this world, if you, if you can understand what I'm talking about, the scholars, most of them, they are the professors in the university. They are students in the colleges. They are workaholic. They work day and night. They keep awake very late night. That they do work or not, but then they are awake every night. Right? Workaholic people, they do you know, very hard work. They don't work just eight hours, but then they extend their shift. You know, sometimes we are asked to work extra time. Sometimes we are asked to do, you know, extra, put extra effort in our workplaces. They're workaholic. They're self-righteous people. Everything is going good in my life. I don't need anybody. I don't need God. Majority of the people, they, they don't care about God. Have you come across such people? They don't really worry about God. Yes? No? Yes? Right? We come across such people in our lives. They're called indifferent people. They don't have any interest. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 1 to 5, Paul talks about these people. This is what Paul says. But know this, that in the last days, perilous times will come. 
for men will be lovers of themselves lovers of money boasters proud blasphemers disobedient to parents unthankful unholy loving unforgiving slanderers without self control brutal despise of good traitors hate strong haughty lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of god having a form of godliness but denying its power and from such people turn away so these are the indifferent people they don't really care about god how do we share christ to them how do we tell christ to them ask them about their eternity do you believe that there is a life after death do you believe that if you die today where do we go what do you do you have any idea about if you close your eyes today where do you go we come across such people today you know they they need to go to god they need to go to heaven how do we work among such people we can certainly pray for them but it should be little more than that how do we tell them point out the situation they are in point out the time that they are living in this world point out the dangers that are that can encounter them at any moment turn their ideas towards god make them to think about god indifferent people third group of people number 3 neglected number 3 can you listen to me number 3 neglected can you say that with me neglected people who will feel that they are neglected have you come across such people in the society they don't want to talk to anybody they want to close themselves they don't want to deal with anybody they just want to be want to isolate themselves they don't have any interest in their life and there are times they say i'm just looking to end my life people who are depressed people who are going through you know, such a time of depression in their lives you remember jesus healed 10 lepers those 10 lepers were totally neglected they are homeless people they are sometimes drug addicts they are alcoholic sometimes they have disease you know if you go near to them the disease will spread to everybody they don't want to get out of their house they just isolate themselves people those who feel they are neglected luke chapter 17 verse 11 now it happened as jesus went to jerusalem that jesus passed through the midst of samaria and galilee then as jesus entered a certain village there met him how many 10 men who were lepers they were outcast and who stood afar off they could not even come to come near to jesus they were standing far because they are totally neglected do such people need christ yes? yes such people need christ too how do we share the love of christ to such people those who are neglected totally sorry how do we how do we do that those 10 lepers they were hiding have you come across such people where are, where they can be found such people those who are neglected where in the hospitals in the old age homes in the streets do they come to you every time yes no do they come to you every time yes no please respond do they come to you no so what should happen we need to 
go to them. How many of you come to the uh, Shanex for during the, 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 our outreach? Can I see your hands? You don't come? Do you come? Yes, that's what I'm asking. How many of you come? Yes? Raise your hands, please. Yes. Okay. So when you go there, you see all the people there, all the elders there, right? So we go to them. They cannot come. There are such people living in this world. God wants us to go. God wants us to go. You know, God is talking about stepping out of our comfort zones. And who has to do that? Church has to do. We have to do. We are, God is asking us to do that. Neglected people, we need to go and find out. Remember the Samaritan woman? Where Jesus found Samaritan woman? In the well. Right? And Jesus knew that place, that Samaritan is going, woman is going to come to the well. Right? And Jesus went to the well, the right place where she comes. Neglected people. They don't get along with the society, but you need to go. You need to find a place where they are. And Jesus went there to find that woman. You know, we need to care for such people who are neglected in the society. And God wants us to do that. You know, then only we can extend our love. Think about, you know, our community, how many such people are there? How many such people do not have anything to give? You know, I was really happy about what Joe Man told, uh, Joe Man told this morning. He found that his friend is coming. You know, somebody is coming. He just went and took care of him. We need help. We need to help somebody, you know, who are new to this nation probably. Who do not know how, to, how things can happen in this nation. You know, God is asking us to extend our life to others. Number four type, we call them as haters. Can you say that, haters? Haters. You know, these people, they hate God. Have you come across such people? Yes? No, I'm trying to be practical, that's why I'm asking questions. You come across such people? Have you come across people who curse God? Yes? No? Yes. People who even curse God. They hate God. They don't like you and me because they don't like God. If you say anything you have to do with God, they don't like you. Haters. People who hate God. Jesus said in John chapter 15, 18, if the world hates you, keep in mind it hated me. That means the world can hate people who follow God. Psalm 139, 21. David is asking God, do I not hate them, O Lord, who hate you? Because they are hating God. Can I hate them too? No. But Jesus said no. He said, love your enemies. Love your enemies. Haters. We are talking about haters. How do we reach them? If you directly go and tell them about Christ, are they going to like you? No, they are not going to like you. They are going to throw stones at you. They're going to beat you. We can't go and directly tell them that you need to love Jesus. No, they say that I don't have anything to do with God. Please don't tell me and what you can do. Now you can pray for them, for such people. People who are neglected, people who are outcast. If you keep praying, nothing is going to happen. We need to go and tell them. But people who hate God, you need to start praying. Remember Saul, who was a God-hater? was persecuting people who follow Jesus and God touched them. God touched him. They need such a supernatural encounter 
and our prayer is powerful. That's where our prayer is powerful. When we pray for such people who hate God, God will change their lives. God will change their lives. Number five people. <coughs> Number five. Religious people. Can you say religious? Jesus in his ministry, he came across many such people who are so religious. Who are so traditional. You know, they talk about their tradition. Right? If you go and ask them, they will say that, you know, my father was a deacon in this church. And my father's father, my grandfather was a deacon in this church. And my great grandfather, you know, he was, a, he was the founder of this church. We have such a great tradition in this ministry. Religious people, they also talk so much about God. They say, listen to me, listen to me. They say that we know God, we follow all the laws of the Old Testament. You know, Jesus came across such people. They are called Pharisees and Sadducees and the scribes. And you know what? This is how Jesus handled them. Listen to this. This is very interesting. Matthew chapter 23 verse 13 says, we are talking about religious people. I'll read that for you. But oh to you, scribes and Pharisees, he says, he called them as hypocrites, for you shut up the kingdom of the heaven against men, for you neither go in yourselves, nor do you allow those who are entering in to go in. You don't try to go to heaven, but you don't allow people to go to heaven. Verse 14, O to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you devour widows' houses, and for a pretense make long prayers. Therefore you will receive great condemnation. He looked at the hypocrites, Pharisees, and called them as hypocrites, and he said, you make long prayer. You do all these things. You're so religious. We are talking about how do we approach religious people, what Jesus did. Verse 23, Oh, to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you pay tithe of mint and anise and cumin and have neglected the weightier matters of the law, justice and mercy and faith. What about justice and mercy and faith? You don't do all these things, but you are very particular. You need to tithe even little, 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 little. You keep talking, talking about that, but you forget the grace of God. You forget the mercy of God. You forget justice, doing justice. And you don't teach people to have faith in God. You don't do all those things. Verse 25. Oh, to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you cleanse the outside of the cup and dish, but inside they are full of extortion and self-indulgence. You worry about wearing a good dress, white from top to bottom, fully white. But inside, inside what? Very evil things, very bad things. Verse 27, what to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites? For you are like whitewashed tombs, which indeed appear beautiful outwardly, but inside and full of dead men's bones and all uncleanness. Serpents, brood of vipers, how can you escape the condemnation of hell? That's how Jesus talked to the religious people. The Pharisees and Sadducees. We'll come across such people in our lives. Such people, they practice religion every time without fail. But they don't experience the love of Christ. You know, such people require to hear real testimonies. They need to hear the life-changing power of God. They need to hear the miracle-working power of God. They need to hear the supernatural power of God. Like Saul again. He was a Pharisee. And there had to be a supernatural encounter 
for him to Christ, come to God, come to Christ. We are talking about the fifth type of people, religious people. We need to pray for them and we need to share them good testimonies. All your WhatsApp testimonies, send it to forward those religious people. You know, there are good testimonies you forward among us. It really doesn't help much. Start forwarding them to those religious people. Do not have the love of Christ. But they are very strictly, they follow all the laws. Very systematic. They need to be touched and changed by the love of Christ. Number six type of people, followers of other gods. Listen to this. Followers of other gods. Can you say that with me? Followers of other gods. People with their, who are within the religious boundaries of other religion. Psalm 81.9 verse talks about Psalm 81.9. There shall be no foreign god among you, nor shall you worship any foreign god. You know, God repeatedly said in the Old Testament, if you remember, put away the foreign gods. Can you say that? Put away the foreign gods. Psalm 16.4. Psalmist says, their sorrows shall be multiplied who hasten after, who goes behind another god. Another god. You know, Paul was in, ministering in the city of Athens. You know, this is, listen to this. This is a very interesting story. Paul was ministering in Athens. And he went to the cities and he saw idols everywhere in the street. Everywhere in the city of Athens he went, he saw idols kept there. You know, Paul was very upset looking at all these things. And not only that, there were so many philosophers by the name Epicurean and Stoic philosophers. Those philosophers came and, you know, and they encountered Paul. They spoke to Paul. They were arguing with Paul. And they mocked at Paul saying that he's a babbler. You know, he kept something saying something. And you don't see any power of God in his life. He's not freely from God. They were keep saying something. And Paul was considered as a man who proclaimed foreign God in the city of Athens. And Paul was patiently waiting for his opportunity. And these philosophers, they came and asked Paul, Can you tell us what kind of theology you have? What kind of belief you have? Can you tell us? And, you know, they took, in fact, they took Paul to Areopagus. Areopagus is an elevated place. It's a hill. And they asked Paul to stand in the hill. Can you tell now about your theology, your belief? And Paul got an opportunity. Good opportunity. He was standing there to preach, to tell what he believes. Waiting for an opportunity. Followers of other gods. Paul was waiting for an opportunity. And Paul, this is what Paul told. I went through the city. And I saw a couple of altars there in the city. And what is written in the altar? It says, to the unknown God. Can you say that? To the unknown God. You know, people in Athens, they were worshipping who? Unknown God. They don't know who their God is. They were worshipping an unknown God. And Paul took that opportunity to tell about Christ. Why Christ came to this world. Why he died at the cross. What his blood can do to you. And he started speaking about, proclaiming about Christ in the city of Athens. And the Bible says, at the end of that sermon, many, many philosophers, many people who are worshipping idols, they believed in Jesus. How do we deal with the followers of other gods? 
There are a couple of things, you know, listen to this. This is very important because we all deal with such people. We all deal with such people. How do we reach them? First of all, we must be willing to go to them. We cannot neglect. Paul went to Athens particularly with a purpose. We must be willing to go to those who worship idols. Yes. We must be willing to go to their homes. Yes. You may see idols there. That's good. That's fine. Don't worry about those things. You, need to, you should be going to their houses. If there, there is a cultural festival, they are calling you. Should we go? Yes. You need to go. You need to be with their circle while still being separate in your actions. You don't need to do everything that they do. They know that. What is your belief? They know. You don't need to do anything, but you need to go there. You need to love them. They are just real people like us. They are just real people like us. Like us. We don't need to hate them. We don't need to get afraid of them. You know, some of us are afraid when you, you know, meet such people. We don't want to go to their house. There's so much of idols there. You know, they, all, the way, all the time they do this, that. Don't be afraid of such things. We need to show them God's love. But we need to wait for an opportunity like Paul. There will be a time. There will be an opportunity for you to speak. But when you get an opportunity, do not keep quiet. Because God will make you accountable there. It is good to go with them. It's good to be with them. But when you get an opportunity, do not fail to share what you experience in Christ. That's important. That's very, very important. God will open the opportunity. There are many testimonies. Many testimonies around today just because they developed their trust in you. They know that you are a Christian. They know that you go to church. You follow God very closely. You love your God. They know all these things. There will be some point of time in their lives. They go through terrible time in their lives. They'll come to you and ask you, can you pray for me? I don't believe in God, your God, but I believe in you. I believe in you because I trust in you. You are my friend. I know you have a systematic lifestyle. I know you go to church. I know you pray. I know you fast. You do all these things. I don't believe in your God yet, but I believe in you. Can you pray for me? If you pray, your God may answer me. God opens an opportunity. We are talking about how do we deal with followers of God. Final group of people, those who are disobedient. Can you say disobedient? People who know the truth, but they don't obey. You know, anybody you see in this world today, you can put into any one of this category. One of two of these categories. These are most of the time, these are Christians. Listen to this. They know what is the truth, but they don't obey to the truth. For example, Bible clearly talks about in Exodus 23. What do we read there? Exodus 23. You shall have no other God before me. You shall not make for yourself a card image. Do you have a card image at your house? Any form of card image? Hanging on your wall? Hiding in the closet? Take that and throw that out. You shall not make 
Otherwise, God would have said, you shall not serve. Don't try to make somebody. Don't try to keep those things in your house. Even though you don't worship, they are light objects by the devil. These objects are very attractive to the devil. All that you need to hang is the word of God. The word of God. For that reason, we don't even keep our fathers, our father, mother, and grandfather, grandmother, great, 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 great somebody who passed away. We don't keep their picture and look at them every time. No, God doesn't like, God hates such things. Disobedient people. First Peter chapter 3 verse 20 says, You formerly were disobedient. Peter is talking about people who were in the time of Noah. Formerly they were disobedient. When once the divine long-suffering waited in the days of Noah, while the ark was being prepared, in which a few, that is eight souls, were saved through water. Remember? Noah was preaching, but people were not obeying. We are talking about the final group of people we come across today. They don't obey. They know the truth, but they don't obey. You know, this morning, how do we reach them? How do we share the gospel? You remember the rich young ruler came to Jesus and asked him, you're a good teacher. How do I inherit the kingdom of heaven? How kingdom of God? How do I go to heaven? That's what his question. Jesus told, you follow all the commandments. And he said, I follow all the commandments from my childhood. What else you can do? What else I can do to go to heaven? And what Jesus told, you go and sell all that you have and give it to the poor. Did he give? And he went very sorrowfully. He did not want to give. Disobedient people. God tells us many times to obey to certain things, but we don't obey. Disobedient. We come across such people often. Majority of them. How do we reach them? Certainly we need to pray for them. We need to pray for them. We need to repeatedly tell them the truth with love. With love. Not with condemnation. With love. And we need to warn them the result of disobedience. If we continue to disobey God, we are living in the times of Noah. What happened to the people, those who lived at the time of Noah? It's going to happen to you. We need to tell them about the judgment. And we need to tell them about the eternal punishment if you do not obey. And this morning we are talking about, we talked about seven different people. And we talked about how do we reach them to summarize. Number one, we talked about seekers. We talked about indifferent people. We talked about neglected people. We talked about people who hate God. We talked about people who are religious. We talked about people who are follow other gods. We also talked about people who are disobedient. Just praying alone is not a solution. We need to go at times. Depending on what they are, who they are. You know, God, when you go and sit in your workplace, all these people are there around you, around me. When you go to school, all these people are there around you. How do we tell them about Christ? We need to pray for them. Same time, we need to talk to them. Amen? You know, I believe God has called you and me to do this. And we need to start doing it. That's why he's saying, step out. Shall we close our eyes this morning?